Chapter Five of John Thursday by Lewis Joseph Vance. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Reading by Matt Perard. Awakening at a late hour in a small bedroom bright with sunlight, Mister Matthias treated himself to a moment of incredulity. Such surroundings were strange to his drowsy perceptions, and his transitory emotions on finding himself so curiously embedded might be most aptly and tersely summed up in the exclamation of the old lady in the nursery rhyme lack a mercy can this be i being however susceptible to a conviction of singular strength that he was himself and none other and by dint of sheer will-power overcoming a tremendous disinclination to do anything but lie still and feel perfectly healthy sound and at peace with the world he induced himself to roll over and fish for his watch in the pocket of the coat hanging on a nearby chair the hour proved to be half-past ten he fancied that he must have been uncommonly tired to have slept so late then he remembered one doesn't need to get drunk to be daft was the conclusion he enunciated to his loneliness i hope to goodness she doesn't go poking through my papers the perturbation to which this thought gave rise got him out of bed more promptly than would otherwise have been the case none the less he forgot it entirely in another moment and had bathed and dressed and was knotting his tie before a mirror when the memory of the girl again flitted darkly athwart the glass of his consciousness wonder what it was that made me turn myself out of house and home for the sake of that girl anyway something about her but try as he might he could recall no definite details of her personality she remained a shadow a hunted tearful desperate wraith of girlhood more than that nothing he wagged his head seriously something about her must have been good-looking or something with which he drifted off into an inconsequent and irrelevant reverie which entertained him exclusively throughout breakfast and his brief homeward walk in his magnificent patoscopic protean imagination he was busily engaged in writing the first act of a splendid new play something exquisitely odd original witty and dramatic a vague smile touched the corners of his mouth his eyes were hazily lustrous his nose was in the air he had forgotten his guest entirely he ran up the steps of number two eighty nine let himself in trotted down the hall and burst unceremoniously into his room not in the least disconcerted to find it empty not indeed mindful that it might have been otherwise his hat went one way his handbag into a corner with a resounding bang he sat himself down at his typewriter quickly and deftly inserted a sheet of paper into the carriage and sat back at leisure his gaze wandering dreamily out of the long open windows into the world of sunshine that shimmered over the back yards a subconscious impulse moved him to stretch forth a long arm and drop his hand on the centre table after a few seconds his groping fingers closed round the bowl of an aged and well-beloved pipe he filled it lighted it smoked serenely half an hour elapsed before he was disturbed then someone knocked imperatively on the door he recognized the knock it was madame de Prats. swinging round in his chair he said pleasantly come in madame de Prat entered filling the doorway she shut the door and stood in front of it subjecting it to an almost total eclipse she was tall and portly a grenadier of a woman with a countenance 
the austerity of whose severely classic mould was somewhat moderated by a delicate dark little moustache on her upper lip her man was regal and portentous sitting well upon the person of the widow of a great if unrecognised french tragedian but her eyes were kindly and matthias had long since decided that it needed a body as big as madame de Bratz to contain her heart bonjour monsieur bonjour madame this form of salutation was invariable between them but the french of matthias rarely withstood much additional strain he lapsed now into english cocking an eye alight with whimsical intelligence at the face of the landlady madame possessed the gift as it were an inheritance from the estate of her late husband of creating an atmosphere at will when and where she would that which her demeanour now created within the four walls of the chamber of monsieur matthias was rather electrical something's happened to disturb madame he hazarded what's the row have we discharged our chef is it that the third floor front is behind hand with his rent or has achilles that dachshund of heaven turned suffragette and proved it with pups the row monsieur madame checked him coldly has to do only with the conduct of monsieur himself eh matthias queried blankly you ask me what the hands of madame were vivid with exasperation is it that monsieur is not aware he entertained a young woman in this room last night oh that the cloud passed from monsieur's eyes he smiled cheerfully but it was quite proper indeed madame believe me i proper and what is propriety to me if you please at my age madame demanded indignantly am i not aware that monsieur left my house almost immediately after entering it and spent the night elsewhere did i not from my window see him running up the street with his handbag through the rain but am i to figure as the custodian of my lodger's morals the thought perished annihilated by an ample gesture my quarrel with monsieur is that he left the young woman here alone matthias found the vernacular the only adequate vehicle of expression i've got to hand it to you madame de Prat. your point of view is essentially gallic but what is the explanation of this conduct monsieur am i to look forward to future escapades of the same nature do you intend to make my house a refuge for all the stray unfortunates of new york am i and my guests to be left to the mercies of god knows who simply because monsieur has a heart of pity oh here matthias broke in with some impatience it wasn't as bad as that it's not likely to happen again and besides the girl was a perfectly good nice respectable girl madame should know that i wouldn't take any chances with people i didn't know all about monsieur knew the young woman then oh yes assuredly yes matthias lied nonchalantly by the happiest of accidents his glance searching the table for a box of matches wherewith to relight his pipe encountered a sheet of typewriter paper on which a brief message had been scrawled in a formless untrained hand dear sir he read with relief thank you your friend joan thursby he found the matches and used one before looking up miss thursby he said coolly is the daughter of an eminently respectable family in reduced circumstances thinking to better her condition she proposed to become an actress but met with such violent opposition on the part of her father a bigot of a man 
that she was obliged to leave her home in order to retain her self-respect quite naturally she thought first of her only friend in the profession miss maisie dean and came here to find her the rest you may imagine was i to turn her out to wander through the rain at two o'clock in the morning madame discredits her heart by suggesting anything of the sort madame's expression of contrition seemed to endorse this reproof she hesitated with a hand on the doorknob monsieur is prepared to vouch for the young woman certainly he assented with an imperturbable countenance masking a creepy crawly feeling that perhaps he might be letting himself in for more than he bargained very good i go with apologies madame opened the door thursday you said he repeated without bothering to correct her joan thursday barbara's names of these mad americans the door closing totally eclipsed the grenadier with thoughtful deliberation matthias smiling guiltily tore joan's note into minute bits and dropping them in a waste-basket dismissed her message and herself entirely from his mind five minutes later the typewriter was rattling cheerily but its staccato chattering continued without serious interruption only for the time required to cover two pages and part of a third then came a long interval of smoke-soothed meditation which ended with the young man cheerfully placing fresh paper in the machine and starting all over again this time he worked more slowly weighing carefully the value of lines already written before recasting and committing them to paper but the third sheet was covered without evident error and a fourth and then a fifth indeed the type bars were drumming heartily on the last quarter of page six when suddenly the young man paused scowled thrust back his chair and groaned from his heart he sat for a space teetering on the rear legs of his chair his lips pursed forehead deeply creased from temple to temple then in a sepulchral tone uttering the single word snagged he rose and began to pace slowly to and fro between the door and the windows at the end of an hour he was still patrolling this well-worn beat his way of torment by day and by night if the threadbare length of the carpet were to be taken as a reliable witness and there's no telling how long he might have continued the exercise had not madame duprat knocked once again at his door roused by that sound he came suddenly out of profound speculations stopping short and bidding madame enter he waited with hands thrust deep in his trouser pockets and shoulders hunched high toward his ears a cloud of annoyance darkening his countenance madame duprat came in with a pardon monsieur and a yellow envelope placing this last upon the table she announced with simple dignity a telegram if you please and retired matthias strode to the table and with an air of some surprise and excitement tore open the message he found its import unusual in more than one respect it was not a day letter and it had been written with a fine careless extravagance of emotion that wrecked naught whatever of the ten-word limit he conned its opening aloud beast animal coward ingrate poltroon traitor beast at this point he broke off to glance at the signature and observe thoughtfully if helena's going in for this sort of thing i really must buy her a thesaurus she's used beast twice in two lines he continued how dared you run away last night you promised i was counting on you i am disgusted with you and never want to see your face again return at once 
perhaps you won't be too late after all imperative i insist that you return the signature was simply helena he said with considerable animation but damn it i don't want to get married yet i don't see what i've done throwing back his shoulders and lifting a defiant chin he announced with invincible determination i won't go that's all there is about it i will not go besides he argued plaintively i couldn't travel like this clothes all out of shape from that drenching last night no time to change consultation of his watch gave flat contradiction to his assertion and besides i'm just getting this thing started nicely this with reference to the play with another groan even more soulful than the first he sat down at the table seized the telephone in a savage grasp and in prematurely embittered accents detailed a suburban number to the inoffensive central operator in the inevitable three minutes wait for the connection to be put through he found ample opportunity to lash himself to a frenzy of exasperation hello he roared suddenly hello i say who is this oh you eh swinton this is mr matthias no i say no don't call mrs tankerville haven't time just tell her i'm coming down on the six-thirty yes and send something to meet me at the station yes good-bye chapter five